to anybody who's struggling, I just want to share two things. One, there are, you're not alone. There are other people who have been through it and they understand how you're feeling. And two, there is hope for healing. Do you need encouragement to turn tragedies into your own triumphant life story? If so, this podcast is for you. Listen to powerful guests who have persevered through challenges so you can gain strength to build your championship life. The host of Professor of Perseverance Podcast, Dr. James Perdue. Hey, thank you again for coming in to the Professor of Perseverance Podcast. I am Dr. James Perdue, the Professor of Perseverance himself. Hey, again, don't take that doctor so wild and out there. I can't write out a prescription for you, but if you need me to, I'll drive you to your pharmacist to help you out if that's what you need. So, but don't take it so wild. Just Professor of Perseverance or James. That would work. Hey, our topic again is always on come overcoming adversity, not just surviving, but thriving. Also, you yeah, know, we want to kick challenges and adversities in the teeth and move on in life and have the best life possible. Hey, our guest today says that every journey to healing begins with hope. She has a message she wants to share with anyone who has felt like they're not good enough. Anyone who struggles with self-doubt, low confidence, low self-esteem, anxiety, and or depression. This message is going to resonate with anyone interested in self-improvement and achieving greatness. Regardless of the starting point, I like this statement. Regardless of the starting point, the pathway to progression is the same. It all begins with hope. Welcome to the show, Linda Borden Bor. I don't Bork. Bork. There it York. is. James, thank you so much New for York. having me today. I'm so yes. happy to get it. New York. It is. It's Bjork. Thank you. And thank you for coming and sharing with us and and um you know giving us some inspiration, some motivation, some perseverance, and some hope when we're struggling. Thank you for being here. Thank you. So excited. So all right. Um, how's the weather in which you're at? Today oh. it's a big old rainy day for us. Rainy day for you. Today is beautiful. The you know fall weather's coming in. It's cooling off, but it's still comfortable to be outside. There you go. So yeah, we're we're not hanging around outside, even though even though the rain brings in the watering for our plants and trees and helps growth and everything. But I, I, I've told people I don't understand why people. Um, get so wound up when it's raining, you know, because you know they're all they go, oh, it's raining, I got to get my umbrella, and I'll go. All it is is an outdoor shower, right? I mean, when you're in the house taking a shower, you're getting water all over you. What's the difference? It's oh. just an outdoor shower. Temperature right? control, James. That's the difference. There you go. Temperature control. Yeah. Right, Linda, again, thank you for being here, and let's go ahead and get started here, and let's. Uh, how did, how does your how does your journey how does it begin? Oh, thank you for asking. So, um, perhaps you're familiar with the uh, Japanese art form called kintsugi, where they take broken pottery and then they reassemble it using this mixture of gold dust and lacquer, and it creates something that is beautiful and unique, and it's stronger than it was before, and it. It makes a transformation. And to me, that's what my story is. It's a transformation from broken to beautiful. And there are different kinds 
of broken. For example, you're crossing the street, you accidentally drop your cell phone and the screen cracks. And you think, ah, oh, dang it, I broke my phone. But you might just keep on using it because it still works. So for me, my basic brokenness was lifelong feelings that I'm not good enough. I don't matter. In fact, I'm invisible. I felt broken, but I could still function and live my life. Now there's another level of broken and say you're crossing the street, accidentally drop your cell phone and this time a truck runs it over. So now we have a different situation. It's not just broken, it's crushed and it doesn't function like it did before. And for me, that being crushed was struggling with debilitating depression and anxiety. It felt like my comfort zone just collapsed. I didn't feel safe anywhere or with anyone. And I couldn't feel happy regardless of the circumstances that were going on. There was emptiness inside of me. So what was it that, you know, that truck that ran me over? Well, you know, we all have challenges and struggles in our lives and I'm no exception. I've dealt with poverty. I've dealt with sickness. I've dealt with trauma. Like the time that I arrived at the scene of a motorcycle accident in time to see my son's broken body lying in the middle of an intersection, surrounded by flashing lights and emergency personnel. And James, that is a scene that I'll never forget. And I have also, I took my teenage daughter in to get some outpatient surgery, just something simple to help with a female issue she was having. And it involved some cutting and cauterizing. And the doctor said, a little bleeding is normal, so don't worry about that. But watch for blood clots and watch for infection. So I brought her home, I put her to bed. And then about every half hour, I just tiptoe in and peek to see if she was doing okay. And she was sleeping. And after several hours, she texted me, I'm in the kitchen, she's in her room. And she says, Mom, will you come to my room? I need to show you something. And so I go into her room and I say, Hey, you're awake. How are you doing? And she didn't answer me with words. She just threw off the covers. And she was soaked in blood from her chest all the way down to her feet. And there aren't words to describe the panic and the terror that I felt. Also coupled with horrible guilt because I'd been checking on her the whole time and I thought she was okay. And the reality is she was bleeding to death right under my nose. I also was awaked, uh, awoken in the night by a phone call that my nine-month-old grandson had had a seizure and was not expected to make it through the night. He was life-flighted to Primary Children's Hospital where they did an emergency surgery to try to relieve the pressure, followed by another very delicate brain surgery to try to um, preserve his life and to relieve the problem. And they were successful in preserving his life, but unfortunately, he did sustain brain damage during this ordeal. I also have another grandchild who was diagnosed with cancer at age five months. So everyone has challenges in their lives, and we do the very best we can to be able to handle it and to move forward. But sometimes we're hit with something so big or so unexpected or maybe so many things in a row that we don't handle it very well. And we allow ourselves to become overwhelmed. And when that is the case, we can be in danger of sliding into depression. And that is what happened with me. It was as if I had fallen into a deep, dark pit that was so deep that no hope or happiness or sunlight could reach me. And in this deep, dark place, there were no windows and there were no doors. And I didn't see any 
way out. I thought, well, this is my new reality. From here on out, this is as good as it gets. And the best that I can ever hope for is to be able to endure in misery for the rest of my life. And I was in that place for about five years, but almost no one knew because I I wanted to be normal. And if I couldn't be normal, at least maybe I could look normal. So all the energy that I had was used to mask and pretend that everything was okay and that I was fine. About five years in, my sister, who was training at that time to become a life coach, she was um, planning this women's retreat, and she had rented a condo in the mountains, and she was going to invite a group of women to come, and for three days and three nights, she was going to teach about how to be happy and how to uh, you know, live a fulfilled life, and she invited me to come. And when I received that invitation, it made me sick. I thought, there is no way that I could handle being around other people strangers for three days, day and night. There's no way I could handle that. And besides, there is no point because I'm hopeless. I am stuck and absolutely nothing is going to be able to help me. So why bother? So I didn't want to go, but the idea kept running through my head and I gathered all of my courage and I went. And I am so glad that I did because that decision changed my life. It was as if my sister lowered a ladder down into my deep, dark pit, and she showed me a way to climb out. And it was very much a ladder, not an elevator. It was not instant with the press of a button. It was hard. It took time and it took effort, but it worked. I have learned from my experiences that healing is not like flipping on a light switch. It is not instant. It is more like a sunrise where the changes from moment to moment might be imperceptible, but it does come and it is beautiful and it is powerful. I've also learned from my experiences that the feelings that I had of being broken and of being crushed are actually quite common, even among people that you might think have it all together. And I wrote a book about my experiences called Crushed, A Journey Through Depression. And I have received letters from so many readers who have said, wow, I I felt like I was reading my own story. I felt like you were in my head. And they felt seen and they felt understood. And it gave them hope that they could heal too. And this is not just people who are struggling with anxiety and depression. These are all kinds of people dealing with all kinds of different issues. Because even though our life experiences are very, very different, the feelings and the emotions that we have are very similar and relatable. And that is what Crushed is about. This is me opening myself up, allowing myself to be vulnerable so that I can help other people because I want to be someone who offers a ladder to anyone who feels stuck in a dark place. I'm trying to think what type of ladder. I'm just trying to throw it. Do you want just the swinging rope ladder, the sturdy wooden aluminum ladders? You know, that's what I envision, but I guess people can choose their own. If it's that swingy kind, when you're trying to climb up, then you slip off and fall back down. See, I would I would think that would be the type, really, because then you there's, really no have to well, there's no guarantee. There's no guarantee with uh, what's going on. 
you do the best that you can. Yeah, and you really would have to hang on to the swinging rope ladder compared to a sturdy one against you, which is not guaranteed uh, in life. That was so, very so. astute. So, yeah, I would probably agree so, with you. That wasn't so. the picture that I had in my head, but your picture is probably more accurate to the way that things really are. I wouldn't say that. I was just uh, guessing a little bit here. So, hey, drones, uh, drones travel. Hey, thank you for coming in today. And we're talking about providing hope during desperate times and uh, low self-esteem or whatnot. So thank you for coming in and with uh, and visiting with Linda. So, all right. Uh, now, I want to ask you a question here now that um, you, you got to that uh, pit you was talking about with no windows, no doors, no way, no lights, nothing like that. Okay. But you knew that you had to put a mask on for people. Did people already see you or, or vision you as being the hard nosed leader, the self reliant, I can go to her for help. And oh, now you're having, and now you've had to hide your weakness to still be able to try to help them. Right. You know, I would love to have been able to help them, but at the point I was in absolute survival mode. I just wanted to yeah. keep people out of my business because when you're in that dark place and maybe, I don't know if you've had that experience, but I, I couldn't deal with people trying to fix me. Well, it, uh, I don't know if all of us have been in that dark place that you're talking uh, I would say that I have because I did attempt suicide three times in three days is how bad I wanted out. And uh, the last time they found me sucking carbon monoxide from my van and I wasn't responding. They got me to the hospital and uh, I was in the hospital for seven weeks. And so, you know, when you when you live through a suicide attempt, they make you see a psychiatrist. They make you see a psychologist. And that eventually is why I started this podcast. Uh, you know, 12 years ago, I didn't know about a podcast. I didn't know about YouTube and all that. Uh, but he's the one who said that I have a story to get out. I need to share it. need to encourage other people and need to write a book. And from that point on is where I'm at today is because of this and providing a platform for people like you to get your message out. And they will appreciate, again, you sharing this message. So I don't know if you ever got that deep into your pit, but I did get that deep that I actually did attempt. And so uh, from there. Well, I am grateful that you're still here. You know, some interesting things that you brought up, he helped you have a purpose. And I think having a purpose, you know, if you've read um, Victor Frankl's book about man's search for meaning. He, he, made, about, he made me, he made me read that while I was in the hospital. Right. He said, if, if you have a why, you can make it through any how. So that having a purpose in our life, that's fantastic. Yeah. So. Yeah. He, he, yeah. The psychologist that I had while I was in the hospital, he had me read that. And then we would talk about each chapter when he would come by uh, to visit me while in the hospital. Yep. So, um, yep. So uh, that's it. That's, that's one of the things about once we lose this hope, this purpose, <laughs> And we're deep down in that hole, you know, it's hard to dig yourself out. And I mean, even though there's so much internet access we can do to look for help, to try to find a way out, if we don't uh, go and hunt for it ourselves, if we don't ask for help, it's very rare and hard to dig yourself out of there. Well, that's very true. No one can heal without their permission. 
it, it can't be done. So I like to say that every journey to healing begins with hope. And it begins with hope, literally, and it also begins with hope as an acronym. So the H stands for having a hunger for, for healing, a hunger for happiness. When we're satisfied with the status quo, nothing changes. And if we, you know, I kind of would like to have that, still nothing changes. That desire has to reach a tipping point. And the tipping point is when we want to change more than we want to stay the same. We can have the things that we want, but we have to really want them. And you can tell when you've reached that tipping point because you're willing to do something about it. The O stands for being open. When I was struggling with depression and anxiety, I was closed tight, 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 like a little armadillo rolled up in a ball. And they do that to try to protect themselves. And that's absolutely what I was trying to do. I was trying to protect myself from real and imagined dangers or whatever. But you can't heal when you're closed tight, tight, tight. We have to be able to open up a little. For me, the first thing was opening up to admitting to another person that I was not in a good place. I had to be open to receiving help. And that was hard. I had to be open to learning some new new ways of thinking and to be open to trying new things and being open to change. All of those things require a little bit of being open. Now, I did not go from being tight, tight, tight to being arms open wide. It started with just a teeny little crack in my armor of just admitting to another person, I am not in a good place. And that was is, that was my start. The P stands for positive expectancy. So positive expectancy means you're expecting a positive outcome. And according to all of the researchers and psychologists, any type of mental or emotional issue requires that positive expectancy in order to have success. Because you're not going to put the work in if you don't think it's going to make any difference. But the good news is hope um, is possible. Change is possible. Healing really is possible. And the E stands for empowerment. When we are feeling like we can't handle our problems, when we're feeling a victim mentality, when we're feeling low self-worth or anxiety or depression or any of these types of things, we feel powerless and we have to be able to get our power back. And power is a concept that's often misunderstood. I'm not talking about a hierarchical power where I get to command other people and tell them what to do. I'm talking about power over me, power that I know that I can handle my challenges and that things will be okay, even if I don't know what okay looks like. And the power to be able to be resilient, the power to be able to feel comfortable in my own skin, the power to feel confident, not arrogant, but confident. And all of these types of things require getting our power back. And how we get our power back is a combination of learning and doing. And if we just learn something, education is, is wonderful, but by itself, it doesn't change things. It's not until we apply it that things begin to change. Otherwise, I mean, you can have a, a book, but if you just read it and stick it on the shelf. It's not self-help, it's shelf-help. It didn't do any good. It is that learning and doing that make the changes. And it's a beautiful thing. And the hardest process is that first step of opening up. 
because you're embarrassed that you're telling people where you are. You're so vulnerable. What you know, you, you're you're afraid they're going to look at you wrong uh, because, again, if they've come to you all this time for help and now they, they, they don't realize how far you are. And now you have to open it up. That's got to be the, the key to the beginning. Again, we don't have to like what we're going through, but we have to accept it to be able to move forward to heal. That's absolutely true. I agree completely. So it's, it's, and I, I'm glad. Do you think that, uh, do you think that your sister with being the life coach and planning all this out, she had an idea that you were hurting to ask no. you to come? No clue. Had no clue. Not okay. No clue. So, wow. So something just wanted you, she just wanted you to come as the sister help to, to help things out and, and then she found out different. Yeah. So that's, 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 uh, what would you call that? A, a miracle in itself. That's, uh, was that, that would, they would, a, pl a plan in itself that came out. But, Absolutely. Uh, we don't, you know, we, we, you know, the uh, Bible says, I don't know how, I'm not into religious and spiritual, you know, throwing it out to everybody, but, you know, it does say we have a plan that God has a plan for us. And, you know, for, for her to be able to bring that to you without knowing, man, to me, that's just a miracle right there. Oh, it was. It was. She saved me and I needed saving. Yep. So in reaching, wow, that, that, that's amazing from there. So, all right. So let's go on. What else? Talk about um, now, now, how are you able to, even though you're down and out and you're trying to hide from everybody, but you're also per, portraying how positive you are in life and persevering and Knowing you here in the, just this last twenty minutes, you've seemed like a very positive person. I mean, were you were you so positive and everything beforehand? Uh, did you experience the low self esteem and just kept it there? Did you have to learn on being more positive uh, and uh, persevering? And you know, how how did all this take place? That is an excellent question, and it is almost a little bit complicated because, like I mentioned before, I have always struggled with that low self-esteem and feeling like I didn't matter. You mattered. Other people matter, but I didn't matter. Um, I was intended to be the servant to help everybody else, take care of everybody else, serve everybody else, do all of those kinds of things. And I did have a very positive, optimistic outlook, except for about myself. So, you know, I could be happy and positive and build people up and tell them all the things and totally believe it, tell you how awesome you are. But um, if I try to tell myself that, oh, those are definitely lies, not a good thing. So that's where I was. So let me share some of the tools, some of the things that that I used as my sister, I, you know, we went through this little retreat and again, it's not like flipping on a light switch. That was the start where I felt like maybe she has something that could help me where before I felt like nothing can help me. And I was desperate enough that I was willing to try anything. And so it's like, okay, tell me what to do and I will do it. And so did, let me ask this question. It's an amazing well, that, um, we hear of people outside of us when we want to try something new or whatever, and they'll say, oh, no, you're going to fail at that. Oh, no, you're wasting your time with that. Oh, no, you're not good enough. No, you're not smart enough. And we can listen to them to the days going. We want to fight against them, you know, to prove to them how good and better we are. But 
we would beat ourselves up to death to this, we're no good. We got this, you know, low self-confidence, whatever, low self-esteem. And we we will beat ourselves up to death more and listen to our own inner negativity before we would let anybody else talk bad about us. That's so true. And the things that I would say to myself in my mind, I would never, ever say to another person. Because exactly. Exactly. And we, you wouldn't say it, but I wouldn't say it to another person, but you also, you wouldn't take it from another person. I would be offended, but I'd probably think exactly. they're probably right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 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 I get you. I get you. I get you. Okay. All right. Go ahead then. Totally. So some of the things I had to learn how to change my self-talk, we're talking about self-talk, the things that were going on in my head, I had to learn how to say kind things. And boy, did that feel wrong. Like I'm lying. That was so, so, so hard. But a lot of the things that to do to try to change the way that you think and the way that you talk to yourself are not about thinking about what you're thinking. They're actually things that are pretty easy. For example, music. Music is a very powerful tool to help change the way that we feel. So much research has been done. It helps to lower muscle tension. It helps to reduce our cortisol levels. It helps the, to boost those um, neurotransmitters that help make us happy. And if you really want to bump up the power, you sing. And singing along has been proven in so many research studies that it helps to alleviate depression and anxiety. In one study, they took, you know, two groups of people who were struggling with depression, anxiety. One group, they said, just keep doing what you're doing. The other one, they said, the only thing we want you to change is to sing every day. And then after 30 days, they checked with the two groups. The one that was the control group were exactly where they were before. The one who had been singing had significantly lower levels of depression and anxiety. And it is amazing because that is the only change that they made. It's not magical like, wow, I sang a song. So woohoo, I'm all better. But it's that little bit line upon line. It makes literal chemical changes in your body because depression is not just in your head. It's not a matter of snapping out of it. It is chemical. And so that's why we go to doctors. That's why we get you know medication if we need it. But there are also things that we can do ourselves that literally change the chemistry in our bodies to help create that better balance. And singing is one of the things that is incredibly powerful. Um, they don't even know all of the reasons why. Scientists have found there's this little tiny organ in the inner ear called a sacculus. And when we sing, it gets stimulated and that sends an immediate boost of pleasure to the brain. And it's really a cool thing that they found out. So they're still finding out that we know it works and we've noticed this, 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 and this. We don't know all the reasons but it works. And it sounds so funny because when you're in that dark, dark, dark place and you think there is nothing and someone gives you something like, well, I think you should sing a song every day for part of your routine. You're thinking, what? What? I mean, do you, are you mocking me? Are you, are you not taking my problem seriously? I have, have I, you I was heard me sing before. <laughs> and that and unfortunately the little sacculus doesn't care what your voice sounds like just as long as you're singing which is a good thing because my voice is a choir voice not a solo voice just saying <laughs> so um so that's one of the tools and another tool is is gratitude writing in a gratitude journal each night writing our successes gratitude is another one of those things that is incredible and the research that shows that when we are in an attitude of gratitude it actually increases the neuroplasticity in our brain which helps us to be able to be more resilient it helps us to be able to adapt to change better it also helps to stimulate the prefrontal cortex area which so it helps us 
make better decisions. And in another study where they took a group of people who were severely depressed and they said, okay, this is what we want you to do. Write three things that you're grateful for in a journal every day. That was it. And then after 15 days, they checked back with them and 94% of the people who were participating in this study noticed an improvement. They had gone from severely depressed to moderately depressed or mildly depressed. They weren't all healed, but it was a start and made incredible progress in the right direction. So these tiny little things, they're small, simple action steps, learning and doing, learning and doing. And you do just a little bit of something in the morning and something in the afternoon and something in the evening. And those little things build on each other. And they just, some of them will change, like singing can change the chemistry and the way you feel immediately. But the effects don't last forever. And then you have to do the next thing to keep it up and the next thing and just those little things until it changes and balances everything out. There's so many incredible things. Um, I started a, a nonprofit is called Hope for Healing and we share so many tools of how to make these chemical changes in our body. And these can help us get that power to build our confidence, to be able to, um, you know, build our self-esteem and to work on our relationships and to be able to manage our stress and also to be able to alleviate feelings of depression and anxiety. The tools are pretty similar. They fix all of those things. They are amazing. And, I, and it's truly, and I, I'm with you with the gratitude uh, book and everything. Uh, again, people, my dog don't even want to hear me sing, but I understand the concept. <laughs> uh, it brings joy and everything. And then, this volume, I understand the concept, but the uh, but the gratitude journal, it, it's and it's, it was amazing. I was thinking one day that I was driving down the road, and again, I'm in a wheelchair, and so I'm driving down the road, and it was a cold day, and I see these two people walking on the road, and then I was going, well, I'm thankful that I'm able to drive, that I'm not out in the cold. But then I was thinking, what if their gratitude is, hey, I'm glad I'm outside walking in this beautiful day and not thinking about the code. And I'm saying, you know, so we all have our own gratitude. You know, it, it, it doesn't have to be the same as anyone else. You know, where I was looking at, I'm glad I'm warm driving down the road, not in the code. There's it. I'm glad I'm healthy walking, you know, and could be. I didn't stop and talk to them, but I'm. You know, we don't have to have the same gratitude. No, we don't. And I love your comment about the singing too, that, that you don't want to sing. Your dog doesn't want to hear you sing. What, what I propose is to have a whole tool belt full of tools of things that work. This works. This works. This helps. This helps. This helps. This helps. And then you can choose and say, oh, I like this one. I don't like that one. Um, I, I'll try this one. So that there are options. It's not a, you have to do this one thing. It's this works and this works and this works. And you can combine as many things as you'd like. But if there's something you don't want to do, then don't do it. Because there's so many wonderful things that help that there's definitely going to be something that resonates with you. And you say, oh, yeah, I would do that one. Like the gratitude journal. Yeah, I'd do that. Uh, and, and I would encourage even if you don't want to do something you're going i don't know about that i was i would i would i would i would hope that people or me or whoever would at least attempt it 
try it a few times. Then if you're all sold out on it, give up and find something else. But who knows if you try it, you may learn to like it and may learn to stick with it. That's very true. And I have to tell you about the singing thing. When my sister asked me to sing, I thought, are you out of your mind? No <laughs> way. So I would go in the bathroom and close the door. But it did. It did help. So, you know, there's ways to make things work. So going through the process is is wonderful and makes incredible changes. You can see most people can see marked improvement within 30 days or 15, even with the gratitude thing. Um but I also, for myself, I want to keep myself in a good place. And so I maintain and have just a little daily routine. I still write in my gratitude journal. I write each night something that I'm grateful for and some success that I had that day. And for me, I also write, where did I see the hand of God today? And in the morning, I try to make sure to have just some, some quiet time and to do some things and to exercise those things that help to keep you in a good place. Because bad things don't necessarily stop happening once you are in your healing process. So if I can give you an example, last week, uh, my husband and I, it was our anniversary. And my husband's a pilot. We have a little plane. And we flew to, I, I'm in Salt Lake. We flew to Yellowstone. And then when we were flying back, we had a catastrophic engine failure in flight. And the engine threw a rod. It blew a hole right through the case. The plane was shaking and it was smoking. And I thought it was on fire. And I was scared. I was really scared because we could die. And so from there, um, I, I've been with my husband for a long time. So I know what you do if an engine fails is you look for a place to land. And we couldn't make it back to the airport. So it's, where are we going to land? Where are we going to land? Is there a safe place that we can land? And fortunately, there was a road, a frontage road next to the freeway that didn't have any cars on it right then. So we were able to land. And then, you know, the cars came and we just pushed the plane off the side of the road into the, uh, the shoulder and let the cars go past and then waited. And um, my husband went, a passerby picked him up and took him to the airport to get the truck and the trailer while I waited with the plane. And it was so funny because I, a police car came by and I waved at him and he didn't even slow down. He just drove right on past. And I thought, wait, what? Is this like a normal kind of thing that you're not even going to look at? And so I thought, well, I'm not sure who we're supposed to call. So I'm looking up on my phone on Google. Who do we have to report to and whatnot? And then somebody else must have told on us because pretty soon another police car came and they actually did come to me. And then another and another and another and another and an incident manager. And pretty soon I had seven of them and they're all around me. And and um, eventually we figured out who to contact. And since there wasn't damage to people or property, it wasn't considered an accident. It was an incident. So we were able to load up the plane, put it in the trailer and get in the truck and drive. 10 minutes down the road, there's a big, another explosion. And now the truck is smoking and um, fluid is shooting everywhere. And it's like, really, really? So we pull off to the side of the road and we're next to the freeway and have to get out and open up the hood and try to see what is wrong with the truck. And it had blown a hose off of the, um, a radiator hose. And so we had no coolant, we had nothing. And so we did a little makeshift thing and poured our water bottles in it and tried to make to a gas station and nurse its way home. And it was like, oh, we finally made it home. And we opened up the garage. We'd been gone a couple of days and my car was in the garage and it had a flat tire. It was like, really? And so we're just, we're still shaken from the accident and we like to ride bicycles. So we said, you know what, let's just 
let's just go for a bike ride and just calm down. So we went for a bike ride. And pretty soon my husband's bike starts rattling and making all these funny noises. It's like, really? And so we checked to see what was on and like a little piece of plastic had broken off and was all caught. So we were trying to get that. And we said, you know what? We've got to go for a canoe ride because we need to see if our boat's going to sink. Because today, every vehicle that we own is like totally betraying us. And it got, so we were just laughing like, really, really, really? And so it was a day that had a lot of really not good things that took place. And yet we were okay. I mean, not only okay physically, because we didn't crash and burn, but also okay mentally and emotionally and resilient. Like we're okay. So um, trying to keep ourselves in a good place for when those bad days happen, because they happen, is uh, very a very healthy thing to do. Yeah, the Zig Ziglar uh, once said, you know, just because you're positive, maintain this uh, positivity doesn't mean the bad stuff and negativity is not coming your way. It nope. just means that you can handle it better than the people that are negative is the main exactly. thing. And so, um, yeah, yeah. sometimes with your story there, sometimes you know, when it rains, it does more than pour. It's thunderstorming. And so, uh, yeah, just to learn to dance in the rain and enjoy the best. And again, the main thing is, you know, didn't get hurt, didn't die. And the main thing is, this is the best you can throw to me. Hey, we're moving on. Yeah. <laughs> so, yep. That's that's a day in its story there. That'd be, that'd be a good little uh, write up uh, in a, in a, what used to be, I don't know how much people do Reader's Digest now, but um, that'd be a nice little story in a Reader's Digest type of thing. So, yeah. All right, Linda. So, hey, we're talking with author, author Linda over here too. Hey, we'll put up a books on the uh, on the channel here. If you can tell us more about this, it says you got this an action plan. It is. This is you got this an action plan to calm fear, anxiety, worry, and stress. So I wrote this book um, when I was in during COVID because so many people were feeling overwhelmed and stressed and afraid. And to be able to help people be able to manage that stress is so important because we can, we can live a happy life and feel inner peace regardless of the circumstances that are around us. It is so empowering and it is an action plan because it is a combination of learning and doing. It compiles small, simple action steps and explains what it is, why it works, how to do it, and puts it in a little schedule so that you, so that, you know, when and how to do it. And it is, it's a fabulous book. I highly recommend it. There you go. And you got another one here. Yeah. So 30 Days to Alleviate Depression is also an action plan. And this book is available to download for free on the Hope for Healing website. So if anyone is struggling with depression, I invite you to get all the help that you need, whether that be professional help or medication, all of the things. But this might be just the tool that you're looking for to make up that difference. Because whenever we're struggling with depression, we want to look for the cause, not just address the symptoms but to address the cause and working through this action plan can help to be able to address those causes and to bring those feelings of happiness and peace and joy back into your life. And you said it's a free download. Where can they get this? 
it's Hope for Healing. The website, it's hopeforhealingfoundation.org. And there's a tab labeled free stuff, and you can find it there. There's another tab on depression, and you can also reach it through that that avenue. Right. And we'll put that link in the uh, show notes here. Yes, please. Later. So, and third one. Crushed. Okay. This one is my personal journey through all of the things. And I wrote it when I was in it and it is raw and it is real. And it was really, really scary to write. And it was really, really scary to share. I've had people come up to me and say, I cannot believe that you said that. I cannot believe you didn't edit that out, but I'm so glad that you did because I felt that way too. I was going to say, how many would say, I can't believe you said that. And that's the way I'm feeling as well, or have felt uh -huh. before. Yeah. It just said, you are so brave. I can't believe you've made yourself so vulnerable. But again, I want to offer a ladder to anybody who feels stuck. I remember the feelings. I didn't attempt suicide, but I wanted to so bad. I wanted to be done. I was so miserable. And I remember being curled up on my couch and just crying and thinking, I, I take me out. Please, I, I can't do this another day. And those feelings. And now to feel fabulous and wonderful. It's like, I can't even remember how horrible that was. And then when I read the book, it's like, oh, this poor person, I feel so bad for him. Wait, that was me. But to look back and to realize that other people are still curled up on their couches, feeling the way that I felt. If I didn't reach out and at least invite someone to help that to change and to heal and to offer a ladder, whether or not they choose to accept it, has to be up to them. But I am obligated to invite and to offer because I've experienced it. And today we have Linda Bork. I know I got it wrong again. <laughs> it's Bjork. That's close Bjork. enough. Bjork. <laughs> and I, I ought to be able to get that because the I used to have a York's Food Town store where I grew up, York. So yeah. Bjork. Bjork. Mm -hmm. So, and that's spelled for the people that come on the podcast is. Linda, L-I-N-D-A, Bjork, B-J-O-R-K. And uh, if you give us some of your uh, social media, how people get a hold of you, maybe they want to come get your book, get some information, talk to you, get some consultation or something, and uh, we'll put those in the show notes as well. But if you want to tell people how to find you. Oh, perfect. So first place I would recommend is to go to the Hope for Healing website at hopeforhealingfoundation.org. And you can also, I also run a podcast, so you can look up Linda's podcast at lindascornerpodcast.com. And you can find me on Facebook at Linda's Corner Podcast and also on Instagram. There you go. Boy, these podcast things, man, they're getting popular, popular, popular. So I'm, I'm so glad that, uh, not that I'm gl glad I'm attempted what I did years ago, but what it has led up to, it's just been uh, fascinating for me. And so I get to hear your journey and other people's journey that helps me feel better about myself as well. And I appreciate y'all sharing your journey with us. Thank you. So, and I guess that's it, except for one more thing here, Linda, if you will, we know that there are people hurting and struggling today. If you can leave us with a positive message to help them get through today, 
that would be a blessing in itself. Oh, wonderful. To anybody who's struggling, I just want to share two things. One, there you're not alone. There are other people who have been through it and they understand how you're feeling. And two, there is hope for healing. And I like what you said, no matter where you're starting at, uh, we all have to start. Starting point is with hope. And so, yeah, once we get that hope and purpose back in our life, we have a, a way to start moving forward again. So, all right. Linda, thank you for coming in. Everybody else is coming in on the replay. Hey, uh, be sure to share this out. It, again, it's providing hope and inspiration, motivation for people that are hurting and struggling. Again, you don't have to be low self-esteem, low confidence, whatnot. You don't have to be a spinal cord injury, but you know that the message you're providing to help you get through struggle is all the same. So share this out to someone you know it's going to help. And for everyone else, do something today, tomorrow, something next week that's going to help you persevere past your paralysis. Thanks for listening to the Professor of Perseverance podcast. For motivation, inspiration, and encouragement. For more information, go to Facebook at Professor of Perseverance. Visit the website at ProfessorofPerseverance.com and view the YouTube channel, Dr. James Perdue, Professor of Perseverance.